Hi, Mike. How's it going? You hear can me? Can you hear okay? me? I can hear you. I can't hear you. Hmm. Let's see if uh interesting. Yeah, I you can hear me though. I, I can, can see you. you. I just can't I can't hear you. that any better oh that's better let me turn my uh let's see all right i think we're good now yeah i hope is it done all right now now we're good fantastic doing, Mike? life's good better than i deserve most days how about that's for you not, that's not true no it really is well, thanks for taking a few minutes to join me. Um, I'm going to go ahead and silence my uh, notifications here so we don't get any of those annoying beeps. Um, <clears throat> okay, so uh, we'll, we'll just start. Um, every Everyone I've done so far has been in person, so I'm actually excited to see how this works uh, via Zoom. The uh, podcast is all audio. So there won't be any video component to it, but we'll just take this audio and put it into the podcast. But man, I have really enjoyed connecting with a lot of the recipients and hearing their stories. I've also connected with a few of the uh, partners, uh, one of which was uh, our uh, uh, Brent Crane down at the Food and Care Coalition down there in Provo. And just so what I'd like to just kind of talk with with you is just kind of your background. Uh, you know, how you grew up family-wise and um, how you got to be in the profession you're in, um, what drives you in your profession and, and, uh, and then, and really more about I, I, the, the focus of the podcast doesn't need to be on, you know, the suits really, you know what I mean? It's, I, I, it's been really about the stories of the people that are involved and, sure, sure. you know, and you're, you're involved. So I'm, I am involved. I'm, I'm all in. And I, I hope that we can uh, we can maybe talk a little bit about some of the recipients, because those stories uh, it would be fun to put uh, GPS trackers in those suits and just see where they've gone and what they've done. But but yeah, let's let's get to the achievement fellows at some point. I think that would be awesome. Yeah, definitely. So we can take uh, so let's let's take the net. Well, you know, I, I usually shoot, shoot for about 35 minutes for the interview. Um, so I'll just ask you about you. We'll take the first five to eight minutes on just kind of your background and, and what you do at BYU. And, and then, uh, we'll talk about, uh, um, you know, you met Bart and then one thing led to another and we're able to establish this uh, friendship and this connection. And then, yeah, I would love to hear, uh, you know, your side of the story with some of the recipients and, and yeah, what the impact has been, because that's ultimately what it's all about is what is the impact for these lives. So fantastic. Okay. So why don't we, uh, why don't we start now? Okay. Mike, thank you so much for joining me on our suited for good podcast. It's a, uh, it's always a pleasure to see you and, and chat with you. So thank you for taking some time to, to talk with us on our suited for good podcast. BJ, my pleasure. This is going to be fun. Appreciate the honor, the opportunity. Thank you. So, uh, so Mike, give me a little, uh, information about you, uh, for our listeners, where are you from? You know, wh where did you grow up? Where were you born? 
what was family like, uh, you know, growing up and just kind of let us know who you are. Sure. So I, I grew up about 11 miles north of Utah Woolen Mills in Centerville, Centerville, Utah. Wow. And that used to be a lot more cows than condominiums like it is now. I was huh? showing my kids around where I grew up and I, I pointed and said, I, I caught a snake right there. And they said, in those condominiums, <laughs> that used to be a field. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I realized uh, what a wonderful life I had uh, growing up, you know, throwing rocks at the green water tank that's still there and uh, just just a small town. I mean, everybody kind of you didn't have to signal because everybody knew who you were and where you were going. And uh, my parents never moved from being some of the first people up uh, up Chase Lane in Centerville. Uh, but, you know, during that time, everything else changed. So they were in the the LDS second ward and then the fourth ward. I grew up in the eighth ward. They never moved. It was just uh, the city expanded. But uh, yeah, I've realized since then that I, I kind of grew up in Mayberry. I mean, you know, they had uh, like one or two police officers that did everything and the town's three miles long, uh, but just just a great place to grow up, a great place to be uh, part of uh, the fabric of the community and high school sports uh, left from there. I uh, went on a mission uh, for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, served in Alaska. And, uh, that was just, again, just like they couldn't have, I was made for that. I mean, I grew up hunting and fishing. And so it was it was hard to, you know, see moose that I could have killed with a two before and knew that I was uh, a fisher of men rather than a fisher of fish. But uh, yeah, that that's kind of my background. Uh, came down to Brigham Young University as a student uh, for a little while before my mission. And then came back after and 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 graduated, but never really left. Uh, I worked for BYU's athletic department for 27 years. And then three years ago, on kind of a whim, on April Fool's Day, I, I applied for a job at uh, BYU Law and have been here the last three years as the Dean of External Relations. Wow. Well, that's that's quite the recap. Thank you so much. Tell So tell me more. There's, there's a lot of our listeners that aren't familiar with... Uh, LDS culture, you mentioned uh, your parents in the same home and uh, you said three different wards. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe for our listeners who aren't familiar with LDS culture, what does that, you know, what does that mean? Sure. So a ward is just a name for a, a congregation. So a, a group uh, that, that meets together on Sundays. Uh, and so they were part of uh, several different groups uh, as, as more families that were members of the church moved in around them. So what was, uh, did you have siblings? I don't have siblings. I'm an only child. Uh -huh. So uh, just me. So you guys, you grew up fishing and hunting, you were saying? And what was that yeah. like? Did you go with your dad or how, or your mom? What, what is that? What was three, that like? Three, three generations. So, so my, my, my dad and my grandpa and I and uh, local fishing places or their, their kind of place was Flaming Gorge. We'd go down to Flaming Gorge. And uh, I, I think my grandpa probably broke more fishing laws than any anybody I know he would uh he would do what's called chumming which is illegal but it's it's putting uh putting bait in the water and then uh and then fishing where you where you've got uh, uh created kind of a feeding frenzy so he would take a can of cream corn he's since deceased and and I'm working here at the law school the you know the statute of limitations is passed so I think I'm okay <laughs> I'm, better, <laughs> I'm better I'm better at confessing other people's sins than my own I guess yeah but, uh, he would take a can of cream corn and and puncture the top of it and throw it out as far in the water as he could and you could almost see the 
just the the corn coming up and the oil out of that can and then he would put corn on his hook and fish out uh cast right out into where he had thrown the can of corn and he caught a lot of fish that way i that was never my way of doing it but i uh, sure enjoyed fishing with my grandpa he he grew up uh was actually born on uh december 7th uh so ended up uh uh fighting in world war ii uh, was with general Patton and and in europe and uh uh, he learned to cook in the army, and so uh, we would have uh, filleted fish. You, fish, fish was a breakfast meat if you were with grandpa. So we'd have pancakes and and trout, and uh, so yeah, some pretty good memories for sure. Uh, that actually sparks some memories for me. My my grandfather also loved to fish at Flaming Gorge, and I see I'm a water skier, so every time I went uh, fishing with him, and and he's trolling at one mile per hour, I was just going nuts. Like, hey, can I get a I put a ski behind this. Can we speed this thing up? But uh, we're, not getting, gorge, we're not getting that, any weight here, Grandpa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not at all. Go. <laughs> but, you know, Grandpa loved to fish up at Flaming Gorge, and he and my grandma had a uh, had a boat up there. And Flaming Gorge, for those who don't know, I mean, it's just a beautiful mountain. Uh, it's a man-made reservoir. I mean, they've got a dam up there, but it is so beautiful. How you know the pines go right down to the water. It's it's really a, a beautiful lake. So. Um, but thanks for sharing that with me. So uh, as so you've been with BYU for the last three years as the dean. Um, so tell me more about that. Uh, you know, what does that entail as far as responsibilities? And tell me more about that job. Yeah, so I'm the dean of external relations. So I'm an assistant dean. And there's a number of us that take care of administrative duties at the law school. And then there's associate deans that take care of the academic part of the program. And then and then the dean who is the uh, chairman, CEO, you know, the academic head of, of this uh, law school, this department. So I've loved it. Uh, I, I've had to uh, clarify for people, I'm the dean of external relations, not the dean of eternal relations. I can't make anyone fall in love with them, help them to adopt <laughs> a child. Uh, but I, I work with all of the law school's outward facing relationships. So I work with our 7,000 alumni who are amazing. Uh, I work with our relationships, uh, like like suited for good and and like our fundraising uh, and then a lot of our events so involved with our founders day that's coming up our golf tournament uh we have nine of our classes coming back for their reunions so it, it's really just uh, again a place i feel like i've just i, I just fit i really and i like being here I, i'm not an attorney uh working with attorneys and and sometimes that's challenging but usually they're kind and and helpful for me where i don't understand and and appreciative that I think differently than a lot of people that have a legal background. So it's been it's been a great opportunity for me to to learn and to be a part of some things that I really value. Well, knowing you, uh, knowing what I know of you and the interactions we've had, um, anything that has to do with relations, you're you're the man for the job. You're you're uh, incredibly kind and uh, very warm, and so I think they've got you in the right spot. Uh, being the extra, uh, external relations person, because uh, I'm sure anybody who has the opportunity to meet you immediately falls in love. And, and so I can tell that's a great position for you. And, uh, you know, maybe that that's a good segue for us uh, uh, leading into kind of our relationship and how we, how we've been able to, you know, develop our relationship with Suda for Good. And, and tell us about, um, tell our viewers about or our listeners um, about this program that, that we've been able to partner up with, not, not necessarily suited for good, but, um, 
uh, your fellows uh, program. Can you tell us about sure. that? Sure. Let's go a little further back to your dad, Bart. Okay, great. Love <laughs> so, it. So Bart contacts me from, from Utah Woolen Mills and basically says, I have a whole bunch of BYU sports coats I, I, I want to give away. And I mean, this, you know, this sounds like one of those scams that you get uh, on, the, on the internet, yeah. right? I mean, nobody gives things away and nobody, nobody just wants to help. Well, uh, Bart and BJ do. And so it, it was just amazing to get to know both of you and, and, and to know two people that can size up anybody in a crowd and, and know what size, <laughs> what size suit they wear, what size sport jacket they wear. But uh, it's a blessing and a was, curse. Yes. Your dad was your yeah, blessing and a curse. Yeah. Uh, your dad was very kind in saying, you know, he, he just said, let's go to the game and and hand these out. Like, I'll size somebody up and we'll go give them a, a BYU sport, a custom sports coat. Really? I mean, again, I think you'd have people saying, what's the catch? You know, there was no catch other than, other than your kindness and your generosity. And I think he actually, I helped facilitate him doing that with some uh, different colored jackets up at Boise State. That's right. Yes, but at, but at BYU, he just let me choose some people, you know, and so we we had the the sizes we had. I I had to find people. Uh, I mean, what a what a tough task! Find people that would receive these beautiful custom jackets that it was yeah. just uh, the the one the one woman her her dad has since passed away. We gave, went up and gave it to him in his loge. He wouldn't take it off. <laughs> he was so happy with this jacket and just so surprised and happy and, and, and thrilled with it. But, uh, his daughter still tells me to this day, that was, you know, that was one of dad's prized possessions. He was so pleased with that. So that's, that's kind of how we got started. And, uh, well, and I, I remember those sport coats. We, we had them commissioned. We did, uh, it was the BYU lining. It was, uh, we had the, the BYU crest on the, the, the brass buttons and it was, yeah. it was a great. It was a great jacket. That was fun. I, I've oh, since thought there might be something like that we could do for the law school because it was just such, I mean, it was such a, uh, I don't know what the word, the right word is. It, it just had all the affinity to BYU, you know, yeah. but it's also something you could wear anywhere without looking yeah. like a homer. <laughs> yeah. You know, looking like the guy that wears the Christmas suit to church on in, in December. Yeah, exactly. So it was just such a classic, beautiful piece. And I think I still have one of them. Maybe athletics has it, but we just, we haven't found anybody big enough yet. Ah. <laughs> so I've been trying to, trying to get that on one of our former football players. But, uh, but other than that, they are in distribution and, and well-worn, well-loved. Uh, but anyway, that, that's where I became acquainted with that. This was just not a one-time thing that, the BJU and, and your dad and, and uh, the woolen mills were involved with, with charitable things all the time. And uh, that's where I became acquainted with suited for good. In fact, I still have uh, the little fabric roses that you wear. Um, yes. The boutonnieres. Uh-huh. So I have, I have one of those that's still on one of my, one of my suits. It matches it perfectly. And I talk about that with people and I just, just was a, a pleasure. And so I had the audacity to to reach out to you and your dad and say, hey, with this uh, suited for good, would you be interested in helping with our achievement fellows? And so achievement fellows are individuals who have otherwise qualified for law school. This is not where we're looking on, uh, you know, curbside for somebody that might, you know, go to law school. They've otherwise qualified in every way, the LSAT, grades, 
background, but they wouldn't because of challenges in their life, in, including homelessness, poverty, uh, being first-generation citizens in the United States, uh, lack of access to education, just a number of things. Uh, they they would not be able to go to law school without uh, without the funding that we provide through this scholarship, the Achievement Fellow Scholarship. Well, it's great to get them here, but it's it's really hard where you say, hey, one of these things is not like the others. You know, some of these other people are also on scholarship, but uh, have have served LDS missions or have uh, family and friends have ha have had a situation where generationally. Uh, clothing and other necessities of life are not even a, uh, they're not even thought about. They're just a given. And so yeah. to, to put these, these individuals in a setting where they are now uh, applying for jobs, they're sitting in front of partners at a law firm uh, and they're doing that in a suit that they wore four years ago on their mission, or they've never owned a suit. Uh, BJ, to have you guys say, yeah, would be interested. And, and, and you said something to me that, that, I don't know. You you just did it in the course of you being you, but it, it meant the world to me. You said, Mike, anybody you said to us, we're going to take care of. Mm -hmm. And that that meant our relationship was was far beyond just acquaintances, that that uh, there was a level of, of trust and, and mutual purpose in doing good things. And so uh, we've now helped. Well, we're on our third class of achievement fellows. So I think we've helped uh, four for the first year and three the second, and then we had one other special case. So I think we're, we, we're, we're at about eight right now. And it, it has been uh, <laughs> one of the great privileges of my life to be part of your generosity. It's been an amazing thing for those, uh, those young men as they're now applying for jobs and, and, and everything else. Well, Mike, that's, you've, you've said a lot of nice things. Thank you. We feel the same way about you. And I think, uh, I think what's so great about our partnership is you know, when we started Suited for Good, and I've talked about this in other episodes, but, you know, the first person we outfitted was homeless, but they didn't have, he did not have anything. I mean, he didn't have a place to hang the suit. And we realized really quickly that, you know, it feels really good to take somebody who is obviously homeless and give them a haircut and, and make them look really good, but then to send them back out to the street or, you know, the, the who we fit up is, is every bit as important as, as fitting somebody up and, 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 you know, through the years, as we, as we've established this foundation and tried to fi find the right partners, it's been really important to find the right partners because, you know, it isn't about just giving away suits. It isn't about just, uh, you know, shipping a, a container of suits to some something. This is about the experience of getting fitted. And it's about finding the right partners who can help us find the people who are deserving. And I remember when we first started the question, I, I got asked all the time, well, what are the parameters? What, what makes somebody deserving? And we've been, we've had a really hard time nailing that down because there are so many ways we feel like somebody is deserving. Um, you know, somebody could say, well, Hey, they're going to, they're, they've got a, they're going to law school. They're going to make a lot of money that, you know, what about somebody who isn't going to make money? It, it, and you could, you know, there are so many different things that uh, so many ways to, to try to qualify for this. And, and really it came, it comes down to, you know, is this going to enhance their lives? And is this going to help somebody who really needs a hand up? And this isn't a handout. We've said that many times about it's a hand up. And, and so your fellows, 
I feel like are just such a prime fit because especially the, the, the ones that we have fitted that have come from financial distress and situations where they, like you said, it's not a given, it's not a given that they're going to have a suit to go for an interview for their potential career. And it's, it just, it's been such a good fit because uh, we're, we love to see the potential and especially when somebody hasn't had this opportunity for them to put on a, a new suit that's tailored to them. And it's so much fun to watch them in the mirror for the first time getting fitted. And, and just, just to eliminate this idea that they aren't on the same par with somebody else. And it just kind of happens organically when someone sees themselves in a, in a new suit that's tailored to them, they just automatically think, wait, there's no difference between me and this other successful person. And it's just, it's just such a, such a fun, a fun thing to see. So, and, and, and by the way, yeah, when, when, um, when we establish the right partnership and we're on the same page, as far as who is deserving, it makes it really easy to, to say to you, Mike, Hey, whoever, whoever you think you get it, you feel it like we feel it. So whoever you think is, is deserving of this, just send them, send them in. We'll, we'll just do it. No questions asked. So what, what has been your experience? Uh, can you share kind of how, uh, how that has impacted maybe one or two of the recipients? Have you, have you seen, what, what have you seen from this experience for, from your perspective, seeing them? Yeah, of course. I'd love to. So maybe just take, let me just take the first class of four. We did our first, these were our, our initial, uh, achievement fellows. And so I actually went in, uh, so I could see the experience. And so the way they were treated and, and we've done the ones for our group uh, through the Tom Knox store down here. And so, you know, it wasn't like, oh, here comes the charity kid, right? They were treated as if they they were uh, the, the most expensive, most, uh, you know, got out of the Lamborghini and just driven over from their corner <laughs> office at New Skin. I mean, they were just treated so kindly and so respectfully. And, you know, this was not something Oh, we're we're doing you a favor, right? It was it was you know you're you're our friend, you're our customer, and so I I love the the cordiality of it, and that it wasn't you know this wasn't you know hey if you could go around to the back of the store we'll see if we can find something on the on the second hand rack for you. They, they were uh, really just brought in and treated uh, with such kindness, and so yeah that so let me just tell you about those first four okay and then i'll i'll go briefly this may not be the listener's cup of tea but these these are like uh brothers and sons to me these 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 young people uh so paris thomas uh had come from uh gang violence lost a brother to gang violence uh there was a discussion here in the law school about uh, i don't know the details but something along the lines of you know do the do the homeless people really mean what their cardboard signs say and you know uh, it was just kind of uh, you know just a just a common conversation among people that that probably have never been in that situation. And Paris, without calling a lot of attention, without being in any way rancorous, said, "Well, when you talk about the homeless, my mother and my brother and I lived in our car for you know for two years when we were between homes." And so he said, "So a lot of those people you're talking about, I consider to be my neighbors." <laughs> And it just changed the temperature in the room. Uh, anyway, I think he was married in the suit you gave him. That was one of his most exciting things that is, is like, hey, I need this for the interviews, but I'm getting married. This is going to make a difference for me. And, and Jacinda, when I get married, that I'm going to look my best. Uh, yeah. Derek, Rod Derek Rodriguez uh, uh, was Mike, part can of I, 
can, oh, I, yeah. Sorry. can I jump in on that real quick? Yeah, please. Uh, you know, one of the things is, is I've interviewed more recipients. Um, this, uh, you know, this idea of compassion is, is just, it just keeps, it keeps screaming, uh, compassion, you know, um, we, we often make so many judgments, you know what I mean? And it's, uh, it's not, it's not on purpose. And I think have, it's, it's interesting to me that, that, uh, in that conversation, not that anybody was being rude, but that he's, it's, it's interesting when, when, uh, when someone has lived that, how they can just change, like you said, they change the temperature of the room with one comment of like, well, I was there, yeah. you know what I mean? And, and that's just this, this thing that keeps coming back in these interviews with these recipients is just a reminder to me of like, I have no idea what people are going through and this, 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 uh, compassion, you know, just compassion of, I don't know what people are going through. So exactly. I just, I just compassion, you know what I mean? Anyway, I just, that, that really, that really struck me when you, when you're saying how he changed the temperature of the room with just that, that one simple comment, but man, what a great reminder for all of us of just, you know what I mean? It's just powerful. I know exactly what powerful. you mean. We've said law is a leadership degree. You know, it's not a, it's not a key to making lots of money. It's not a scepter to have all this power. It's, it's a, it's a responsibility. And so I've watched these achievement fellows, this first group in particular, we said, Hey, we have, you know, we have the ability, we have some funding. Uh, what would you like to do to kind of introduce yourself to the broader student body? And they said, we want to work in a Salt Lake soup kitchen. <laughs> so we'll, we'll all, you know, all eight of us will invite uh, one or two of our classmates and we'll go up and, and, and work in the soup kitchen. That's what, you know, could we, could, if you guys could cover our gas, that would be awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think what, what's been the most telling to me is that suited for good is having this generational impact. And so I, I, in telling these stories, I think sometimes you guys get to see the rock hit the water, right? The, the person walks out with the suit yeah. in the bag and they're delighted, but, but you don't see the ripples, you know, the ripples. Wow. And I think those ripples go across space and, and across time, you know, that uh, uh, Paris married another law student here. I don't think anybody's going to need to buy their kids a suit. I think they're going to be in a situation that they'll probably never have to live in a car, but he's forever going to be different because of what you did for him and because of, of what he's experienced. So anyway, a couple others there, Derek Rodriguez, I think was wearing the suit that you gave him when he and, and two others from here uh, won a national moot court competition. And this was a, a national moot court competition uh, for for people from Hispanic backgrounds, and he just couldn't be prouder of that. I mean, he's the guy that sat there in the room with these seven people who had, he had never met before, and they had this first year together uh, as achievement fellows, and just basically cried and said, "You know, guys, you're my family. Mm. You know, I have I have my wife, and I have my son, and other people I care about, but you're in that same place. I care about you. You're my family." So. Uh, yeah, I, I think it meant a lot to him to know he looked as good as anybody else standing in front of those judges and making his case. And he'll, you know, he'll be forever changed. Shubi Shah, uh, I think his first generation or probably second generation, second generation from India. I was with him on a leadership tour and it was just funny. Shubi's like, that's the White House. And he starts this video chat with his mom, you know, mom, I'm, I'm outside the White House. You know, I finally made it. And it's like, well, should we, anybody can stand outside the White House. <laughs> really, uh, you know, uh, in fact, those guys over there are protesting. They're here every day. Anyway, uh -huh. 
uh, Shuby, uh, when he got his suit, it was just, he's, he's kind of a, a social media, like, uh, mogul, just anything that happens in his life gets documented and, and put out there. And so I don't know how many different places your suit was shown with Shuby, you know, I'm interviewing at this place. I'm going to this wedding reception, but I mean, it was just, it was, it, he became synonymous with the suit. If it was, if it was any kind of, uh, formal affair it was the suited for good suit and shuby and you know i i thought about that and just thought you know this guy's kind of a little bit uh overboard but as i got to know him uh, his history was he and his brother uh witnessed a crime com uh, committed by uh one of these aryan white supremacist groups and so he literally had to go into hiding i mean you know had to pull his hat down over his eyes and grow a beard and and, you know, changes his route to school every day and all, all these crazy clandestine things until this trial was over. And I thought, you know, it makes sense that he's <laughs> he wants to be out there now. No one's trying to kill him. He can post on social media without fear of being found and, and executed by these guys. Yeah. So uh, the fact he was doing that in your suit was uh, was yeah. amazing. And then the, uh, and then the third uh uh, Jake uh, is is Polynesian and uh, he has this long flowing hair you know he looks it looks like uh, I'm trying to think of the guy from pro football that has like the long flowing locks and I can't think of his name but uh, Jake Kuamala uh, uh, you know it was kind of like well that's not standard BYU haircut and he's like oh it's it's because I'm in the Book of Mormon videos <laughs> anyway I, I think uh, probably Jake's greatest achievement with the suit is he's probably picked up a lot of girls and that's <laughs> but Jake is just he's just such a uh, just just such a genuine person you know and and, uh, and so I think a lot of people think of law you know Matlock or, or, or these people that make a lot of money or, or want to know if you've been hurt in an accident but I was talking about Jake and saying you know Jake what what does this mean to you why are you doing this you know why why do you need a suit to go to interviews in when you when you're not really a suit and tie guy and he said, you know, I, I was at, uh, well, I guess I can tell you where, so you don't think it was BYU. I was at UVU and, you know, I was at some kind of event or there on campus, whatever. Anyway, uh, uh, someone had left a water, like a water bottle, like, you know, a, a, I don't know what, Stanley cup or one of those fancy water bottles. And, it, you know, it, it, it had been left. And so he picked it up and. I don't know if his intention was to take it or to give it the lost and found, whatever. We'll, we'll never find out because one of the campus security people basically profiled him based on his appearance and his, his race and came and said, is that yours? And he said, no. And he says, then you're stealing it. And he says, I'm not stealing it. It was abandoned. And the guy arrested him. <laughs> and he said, oh. I just, I want to be in a position that that can't happen to people. I want to be in a position that that if if the law protects all of us, that I can be the advocate for the guy, you know, the next guy or the next girl that gets treated that way because of because of the color of their skin or because of uh, the length of their hair or whatever, you know, whatever else someone else like you were talking about earlier might jump to some assumptions about. So anyway, I, I can't account for every moment or every action with those suits, but. So far, it's a, it's like a highlight reel of uh, what what's happened because of your generosity. Well, thank you for thank you for sharing some of those stories. I think, uh, yeah, 
with every one of those, just thinking about, um, just not knowing what people's background is again, going back to that idea of compassion and, and even just, it's really interesting. Mm -hmm. The, the power of first impression and even his, uh, Jake was, was last when you were talking about it, I believe was his name. And, and just even that understanding for him, that that first impression of how people view him right or wrong, it's how, it's how it, that's how people, we all do it. We make these snap judgments and, and that, that to me, that's one of the, that's one of the things I love most about our suited for good program is because regardless of, of where people are from, uh, what race, like putting them in a business suit puts just, un unfortunately, that's kind of a, a leveling, it's kind of a leveler. It levels where, the playing field, doesn't it? Yeah. And it's, it's like, it's such a simple thing. Um, but, uh, it's just really, it's really powerful. And, and until, until, until humanity no longer, uh, you know, makes these snap judgments. I just don't think that's ever going to happen as much as we have progressed and get better and better and, and, you know, love one another as we're supposed to. Um, yeah, I think that's part of the impact of suited for good is that first impression of, of, you know, that, that I'm, I'm here to, I'm here to make an impact. I'm here to do good. And so it makes, it makes me happy to hear those stories of, uh, some of those recipients. So, uh, going forward, you know, what, what, so how, how do you qualify the, uh, just, just for our listeners to understand, you know, how, how do you know which, which, uh, achievement fellows are deserving? You know what I mean? How do you, yeah. and yeah, if, so if there's secret sauce, you don't want future uh, fellows to understand you don't have to say it, but you know, how, how do you, how do you determine who, who's deserving of a suitor for good suit? Sure, sure. So we're we're actively going out after those people. We're actively saying we have sponsors and donors that are going to provide your tuition. And and that's where Suited for Good was just such a, a great added benefit. You know, they're not coming to BYU Law because they're going to get a free suit. But once you're here, we, we, we want to do everything possible to help you to succeed, to achieve, to feel like there's there, there's never a setting, whether it's in the classroom or an interview or a courtroom where where you're worried about these things that are not relevant to the quality of your character or the, the validity of your argument, that th those things are just all taken out of the equation. So uh, they apply. Uh, we, you know, we, like I said, we're actively looking for those things. We're actively pipelining, if you will. For example, my next big thing coming up is law camp. So we'll have, uh, 60 to 80 national and international students, uh, here for a week, learning about the law. Uh, I, I loved last year, this was the first year since COVID we'd done it, where I said, who's come the furthest? And this girl very confidently said, I'm from Hawaii. <laughs> this, kid, this kid behind her very kind of slowly raised his hand. And when she turned, you know, she turned and was shocked. He said, Germany. <laughs> so uh, we actually have connections with the John A. Witzow Foundation in uh, LA. Uh, we're working with hopefully the pharmaceutical Advi to provide some funding, but uh, uh, inner city Los Angeles kids that, that may be from different faith bases than, than the predominant ones here. You know, we want them to come and be a part of it. And we want uh, uh, students like these achievement fellows to be part of their experience here, that they they basically realize that, that, it, that some of those assumptions can be overwritten. Uh, that we can that we can teach ourselves uh, 
maybe not to be colorblind, but not to be color biased, you know, that we, that we accept people based on the quality of their lives and their ideals, not an initial, per, initial perception. But anyway, I'm glad that the Dean of, of Admissions has to sort through it. I just, I, I just love them and you help clothe them once they get here. So that's, uh, that's kind of the plan. Well, I love it. And I look forward to uh, working with you for many years to come. And uh, I love the fact that we can find worthy individuals to, to just help them on their way to, you know, to me, what we're, what you and I are doing together, what our organization, you, you are doing together is, is it's just, it's a cherry on the top. You know, you're, these fellows are working so hard and have had a lot of things they've overcome, you know, they, they've earned, they've earned this, you know, and I think uh, that's what I love about this partnership in particular is, you know, this is, this, this celebrates what they've already done. You know, the suit isn't the thing. It's just, it's just kind of that cherry mm. on the top to celebrate all the hard work they're doing and all the things they will achieve in their lives. And anyway, I just love it. So Mike, is there anything else you want to, you'd like to share before we, we close out? I, I've, I'm really grateful for your time again. And for this conversation has been fantastic. Is there anything else you, you'd like to share? No, I don't think so. I'm just, I'm thrilled that you'd uh, take the time to, to let me be part of this. And uh, uh, I just think there's so many other people, you know, in, in politics, government, religion, business that are, are a lot more well-known, a lot more important than me, but I'm, I'm thrilled that I can talk about you know, in, in a small way, uh, the things we've been part of together. And it, it's just, it's exciting to think about, uh, you know, what, what the world would be like if, if everybody had the kind of concern suited for good does and, and others uh, uh, for fellow travelers on that road. And so, you know, I hope that we're, we're not just, uh, we're not just knocking dominoes down, but that there's a, a chain reaction that, that each of these people uh, feels differently in their life and therefore treats other people differently. And maybe it's not a, a sports coat, but maybe it's something else that they, they give, you know, from their soul because someone showed them how to do it. And so we just appreciate you being another a voice in the choir of us saying, Hey, let's, you know, let's, let's sing together. We can make more beautiful music than any soloist by uh, being part of something together. So I, I just want you and your dad to know how, how grateful I am to count you both as friends and and how appreciative I am. I mean, you, you talk about Utah woolen mills, it, you know, we're going back to pioneer times that, you know, you guys have been doing this right for a long while. This is not, this is not one of those pop-up stands that sells uh, Fritos for, or, you know, should sell snow cones for a day somewhere. This is, <laughs> this is, uh, is deep rooted in uh, kindness and tradition and values as, as anybody could be. And so, we're just grateful for the opportunities we have to, to interact with you and to try and be part of that, you know, that growing uh, current of good that, uh, that really you, you personify so well. Mike, I thank you for all those kind words. I think uh, to take from uh, 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 LDS scripture where much is given, much is expected. And so I think, uh, you know, I think we, yeah, we are, we are old. We've been here for 118 years. <laughs> but well, it also means we're not smart enough to do anything else, but I think, uh, where much is given much is, is expected. And so I think I, I agree with you, you know, a call to, to, to all of us to reach out in the ways that we can 
that are complementary to what we do, whether we're in business or in, you know, uh, Dean of External Affairs. I mean, any way we can do, and I, and I disagree with uh, what you said about, you know, there are more important people. No, I, I disagree 100%. And I, and I think that's exactly what's so great about this. I mean, we all we all can do something no matter where we are. And, and as part of this conversation, I think to anyone who's listening, I mean, you can go on to our suitedforgood.com website and you can nominate somebody who you feel is, uh, is deserving of this suit. And, and so, yeah, Mike can do it, but we, we, we don't, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to be an organization or in charge of an organization to be able to, to participate in this and see what good this can do. So uh, maybe as a closing point, Mike, thank you for all the kind words you said. I, anybody who's listening, if you have somebody in your life that you, you think this, that they would greatly benefit from a new suit that could help them, you know, uh, achieve what they're hoping to achieve in their life that they just simply can't afford it. Uh, please go onto our suitedforgood.com website and nominate that person. And, and we'll, we'll be able to read that nomination and decide if it's something that, that, uh, that fits. So Mike, thank you so much. Thanks for taking the time. And, uh, you know, as much as I'm a university of Utah fan, I'm going to have to say go Cougs. That's all I, I, I mean, I've never, I don't think I've ever said that, but I just no, felt like no, after no. talking to you today, I kind of have to say it. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's kind of, you. Yeah. I think, I think if a, a Utah guy and a BYU guy can get along, who can't, right? <laughs> that's right. Who can't, who can't, what, what partnership doesn't work. So Love no, it. it's great to be with you. Thanks so much, BJ. Mike, have a great day. Thank you so much.